0: Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you wanna discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20-year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story and enhance the recovery even further. Hey everyone, Tamar here from the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited about today's episode and I know you guys are just going to love it. And if it resonates with you, make sure you share it out, you know, share the love. But let's start off with a little gratitude and I guess today I'm going to keep it simple. I am just really grateful that as I record this, it is a beautiful, sunny winter day. There's no snow on the ground. And uh, if you've been listening to previous episodes, you'll know that we recently got a bunch of snow, which is now gone. And so I just appreciate looking out into the backyard and a beautiful view and seeing that blue sky. Because that means that it's just another day sober. It's another day that I get to enjoy being here on this planet with my friends, doing my thing in recovery. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. So before we get into today's show, I just want to mention the Connected Calm Life community. My friend Lane Kennedy, who you're going to hear from today on the show Yes, you finally get to hear her story. She has created a community for women in recovery. So if you're feeling stuck, you know, you stopped drinking and you're like, now what? Right? I feel like I've got so much more potential. I just don't know how to utilize it. And maybe you're feeling overwhelmed, right? Or you're isolating right now. A lot of us tend to do that. This community, you're going to love it. And it's free right now until the end of February. So if you're listening to this after February, you can still come and join us. It's a super reasonable rate, especially for what you get in this community. Uh, Lane and I have partnered up on a Change Your Brain Masterclass. And if you join the community and come into the members area, you're going to get access to that Change Your Brain Masterclass for absolutely free. And so that's a bonus. Uh, Lane also uh, shares her podcast in there. Lots of meditations. So, so amazing. Um, It's going to be such an amazing community. So be a founding member. Come join us. I'm in there too at members.connectedcomlife.com. And of course, Lane will get into this community a little bit more so you can learn uh, right after she shares her story. So I'm really excited that you finally get to hear Lane's story. She's been on the show before. So if you haven't listened, make sure you go back. We do a episode about Change Your Brain Masterclass and why we created this for people like you. And so today we get to hear, you know, Lane's story, how she overcame addiction, you know, what that looked like for her, how she found recovery and you know, we talk about how she was able to build long-term recovery, the things she did, right? She, she followed, she listened, right? Which is something that I needed to learn in early recovery because I used to talk a lot. I still talk a lot, but today I'm much better at listening. So Lane shares about what that journey in early recovery looked like and, and how she has achieved, you know, um, 25 years of sobriety, which is pretty awesome. We also talk about hitting different bottoms throughout our recovery journey. And for her, it was anger, right? Which actually led her to do what she does today, which is help people with meditation, right? Mindfulness is so cool. You got to listen to her podcast, which is the Connected Calm Life podcast. And we also talk about the community and what you can expect in that. So enjoy this episode. And we are live. I'm hanging out with my friend, Lane Kennedy. Thank you for being here, Lane. I'm
1: thrilled. Thanks for having me.
0: I am excited because I've been on your show. You've been on the show before, but we were talking specifically about the Change Your Brain Masterclass, which will kind of remind everybody of in the community that you have going. But I've heard, well, you've heard a little bit about my story, Mm -hmm. but I have yet to hear your story. I mean, we met what like 6 months ago i think it was
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
0: we've had the opportunity to collaborate on a really cool project and some other things and then also walk beside each other in this journey of recovery which i think is super super cool mm-hmm. so for those who don't know you obviously let's do a quick intro of who you are and what you do and then let's go back and and let's talk about your story but first who are you who's lane
1: Who's Lane? My name is Lane Kennedy, and I am a person in long-term recovery. I have not had a drink or any drugs that come in the form of white powder or any Snickers bars since uh, December of 1996. So I live in long-term recovery, and I say that not to have people go, whoa, that's crazy, but to let others know that it's possible to live a path, to live this life without the self-abuse that I was, that I was doing every day. Uh, I'm a mother of a crazy tween. Uh, he has the joy of my life. He's also just like, oh, keeps me on my toes. Uh, I am a wife which if you would have told me that I would be a wife, I know that wasn't on my list. And I am a mindfulness and meditation teacher. And I teach people how to connect to a source that is greater than themselves because so many people are aching for that connection. And once you know how to tap into it, you wanna just keep plugged into it. So
0: that's my job. And you have an amazing job and I think it's so relevant to especially recovery right mm-hmm. I mean everybody mm-hmm. needs a little meditation in their life but I think yeah. those of us in recovery I mean when I first got sober and I tried to meditate like this mm-hmm. thing just thinks like crazy and yeah to get it to calm down is really important that's something that I really work on today so you know, let's hear a bit about your story and kind of when did it start for you? And what, or when did it, what led to that moment when you knew, okay, enough's enough. I got to stop.
1: Yeah. Uh, I started drinking when I was 12. Uh, I come from a background. Uh, I want to say like a lot of people, uh, my family of origin, uh, were both drinkers and, uh, into substances and, uh, dealt in that world. You know, I grew up in the eighties and nineties. Uh, so it was really life, right? It was, um, Nancy Reagan, uh, with the, with the egg cracking in the pan, don't do drugs, you know, just stop. Uh, so I, I, I saw all these messages, but it didn't really affect me because I didn't know. And when I took that first drink, I had a two day blackout and I chose to do it again. After that, I chose to do it again because I thought it was the best thing. I was trying to escape a world that was uncomfortable. You know, I lived in this big house. We had this big house and my room was bright yellow and I chose to stay in my room as much as possible because I didn't like what was on the other four walls. Uh, So I would wear my little headphones and listen to my, you know, cassette tapes and dance and just try to get out of myself as much as possible. So when I started drinking, that was the solution. I didn't have to think about what was on the outside of those four walls. I graduated early from school and my parents didn't know this. Uh, I graduated when I was 17 and I told them I'm, i was still going to high school because I checked, like I would literally leave in the morning, but I got a job. I started working. I started going to college, uh, and I, I lived a double life. You know, that was the beginning of living a double life. Uh, and that continued, you know, for many, many years, uh, went to college, you know, became successful in my life. And I had this designer tell me, you need to go home. And I was like, what are you talking about? And at the time I worked in the fashion world and she said, you know, you need to go home. You smell like vodka. I was like, what? And I was drunk. I mean, I was literally drunk in the design room and she said, you need to go home. And I'll never, ever forget that moment because that was a moment where it Somebody called me out and I'm grateful for her because she planted a seed that my drinking wasn't normal. I didn't do anything about it that day, but it gave me this, uh, what, what, and then fast forward, you know, another 10 years of drinking and using, uh, I got to this point of isolation and loneliness, even though my world looked spectacular on the outside. You know, I had two cars, I had a pedigree dog, I had a six-figure income, I lived in the Hollywood Hills, I hung out with icons and celebrities and danced cheek to cheek with them. It was fantastic. But the difference between them and myself is that they were able to carry on with their lives. And I was like sick. You know, my body was starting to hurt and wither and I would wake up in the morning and just like pray like, oh, cause it was like, I was turning yellow, you know, it was just not a good life. And at the time, my girlfriend and I traveled back to her parents' house and she, she stopped drinking on that trip and I couldn't understand it. We got to her parents' house and they ended up uh, taking us to an event, which that event changed my life. Um, You know, they welcomed me. They said, we're so glad we're here. They gave me this little Dixie plate of cookies and a cup of coffee. And uh, that night my life changed and I haven't had a drink since then or any white powder. Um and I I can't believe that. It just like freaks me out. I found recovery. Yeah. And that has allowed me to become a a part of society, a you know, like somebody who cares deeply for humanity and somebody who wants to make a difference in people's lives. Before that moment, It was all about me and making money and being seen and looking good and ugh. Yeah. Okay, I've over talked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great because you know I could resonate with a lot of that. And it's, you know, interesting because I remember walking into my place of employment at one point, and I'm sitting there, you know, working away and probably about 15 feet away from my boss's door to her office. And she walks in the office and looks at me and says Tamar you smell like an effing brewery (laughs) and I'm like oh okay well yes I did stop drinking two hours ago so that might explain why but it was shocking because I mean Mm -hmm. beer does smell a little bit more than vodka that's why at some point switched over to vodka so I could hide that but you can still smell it so you know people do notice and I also you know like how you mentioned, on the outside, it looked like you had this amazing, incredible life. And obviously, there's certain people in our lives that can tell. I mean, I remember too, at certain points, just being like, I'm never going to do this again, I'm going to stop, you know, tonight's my last day. And that never happened. But on the outside, I had this amazing life. And so I tried to really hide it, I tried to be this other person. And I think there's a lot of people that come into recovery that way, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't, You don't have to be homeless, right? I could definitely have gone there should I have carried on. But I like how you mentioned that because I think our stories are all different in how we find recovery, Mm -hmm. right? So how did early recovery look like for you? Because I was like, I'm really going to do this forever. Like, of course, I'm an all-in person, as you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't go in it thinking I'm just going to do this one day at a time or one hour at a time. I'm thinking lifelong, going to do this program. I'm going to graduate and I'm either A, going to be able to drink like a normal person again, or B, I'm just never going to have the desire to drink again.
1: Yeah. Every person has a different story. Every person has a different recovery. Everybody has the opportunity to do it however they want. And my early recovery was about, you know, getting in the back seat of this like 1984 Volvo with four other women, girls, like we're girls squishing in four in the back, three in the front and, you know, hanging out, going into uh, mutual aid meetings and sitting in the front row not not talking, just listening. Like I just had to listen. I was directed to listen and not to vomit on anyone or anything, uh, in the meeting with my great ideas. Uh, and so I just listened, I listened for a long time. Uh, and I tried to blend in and I tried to like, um, just mimic those who walked before me and i was fortunate enough to uh, hook up with somebody uh, connect with another woman who was in the same industry as me Uh, she ironed her sheets like i did and you know i i wanted like everybody loved her she would walk into the room And people would be like, Oh, hi. Like she, she just like changed. And I was like, I, that's how I like, that's what I want. Like that, the way that she had power, right. She had a power that I wanted that I didn't have. And I just, I copied what she did, you know? Uh, And I did that for the, probably the first, you know, five years of my life in recovery. I, you know, she said, meet me. I would do that. She said, mop the floor. I would mop the floor. She said, go talk to that woman. I would be talking to that woman. She said, make five phone calls. I'd make it. It didn't matter because she exuded something that I wanted because I was empty and she was full of life. So my first, yeah, my first five years was fun. We went to movies and um, we had barbecues and swimming pools and, you know, it was crazy.
0: <laughs> I know recovery is certainly not boring. I remember yeah. that was one of the things that I thought going into this. It's like, oh my God, what am I going to do for fun now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right And mm-hmm. not- I got mm-hmm. sober right, right before summer in June. And I just remember thinking like how on earth am I going to be able to go to a restaurant and sit on a patio?
1: You just learn how to.
0: You do. I remember. (laughs) So it took me, I have to touch a stove a couple times often. Uh Uh And I remember going to a house party. It was about, I think I was a month or two in. And I told, you know, uh, my support network, I'm like, I'm all good. You know, I'm going to go hang out with some old friends. It'll be fine. They know I don't drink anymore. And I brought a six pack of Diet Coke with me.
1: No. Yeah. There was a, you know, in diet Coke, everybody drinks diet Coke when they first find recovery. It's like, <laughs> it's a thing. Like I would buy a 12, like a 12, like a case, a suitcase. You know, my friend Lori and I, we would have two 12 packs a day. And then she started having these twitches. And I said, Lori, you got to get off that. And then I realized we, we, had to, we had to get off the diet Coke.
0: And I think because I was replacing, you know, 5,000 calories that Mm -hmm. I consumed of alcohol every weekend, I thought, Mm -hmm. well, hey, that now is my opportunity to save some of those calories. Because I was on a, I went from one addiction to another, right? I went from drugs and alcohol into health and fitness. I worked out every day. I ate chicken, broccoli, and rice every single day. (laughs) And I drank a ton of Diet Coke, but I show up at this party and within the first hour, Mm -hmm. I'm matching them drink for drink. (laughs) With the Diet Coke? (laughs) With the Diet Coke. And I'm, sitting there feeling bloated, mm. awful. I go home because I had just left my husband. So I was living with a friend of mine and she's like, hey, that was quick. And I'm like, well, I'm done my Diet Coke already. She's like, "Tomorrow, you brought six with you. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me a while to start to change some of those behaviors, but it was a lot of fun in early recovery, right? I was told to start surrounding myself with different people, people who had long-term recovery instead of, because I hung out with a lot of, New people early on, it was those same habits. And I learned a lot from the people who had done this, you know, for 10 plus years, which I'm almost at now, which is kind of my next question is that I find that in the last couple of years, as my journey keeps evolving and changing. And I'm getting out of my comfort zone and and really leaning into my faith and doing new things. Mm -hmm. I'm learning so much about myself. Like, you know, I think we talked about it when I was on your show is that this onion that was getting smaller and smaller has just all of a sudden gotten bigger. And Mm -hmm. there's so many layers to peel off, which I think is good. But there's days where I still feel like I'm a newcomer. (laughs) it's an interesting feeling so I think it's you know most likely my willingness the time Mm -hmm. I'm willing to learn but you did did you experience this kind of when you because I'm hitting long-term sobriety which I'm super pumped about did you experience this I think
1: we just keep evolving we just keep growing I mean if we're not we're dead we're six feet under I don't I was gonna say i don't think we have a choice but i'm gonna say we do have a choice some people don't want to grow some people just get stuck in their lives a lot of people i'm gonna say just get stuck in um i'm gonna do a b and c for my recovery and that's as far as it goes you know i'm gonna make some phone calls i'm not gonna drink and i'm going to pray you know and that's comfortable for them they, they can live there in their life but there's another tribe of people in recovery. And I think you're one of them where, and, and it happens as we grow in our recovery into long-term recovery where we need more, we need to evolve. We have to peel back those layers. We have to find out who we are. We have to find out the truth about ourselves. And oftentimes people just no, not looking at that, not going to do it. And, and again, some people are okay with that. That's okay. They can live there for as long as they want. And what I see is um, diabetes, inflammation, weight gain, uh, dis- sleep disruption, hormonal problems. And I can honestly tell you that there is a direct relationship with the thinking and the thoughts and the illness that happens in the body. And when we don't get to the core truths of who we are, it's disruptive to our human body. It's hurtful, but we don't like, we're just, we just don't think about it. We just like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I'll just keep eating my donuts. It's okay. Okay. And I see this in long-term recovery. Like this is and I don't mean to be bat like I'm not bashing. It's just I see this as a regular thing with people with time, is that they stop growing because they they they've got it. They're okay. They're making it. Meanwhile, their body hurts. They've now have diabetes. They're overweight. They're uncomfortable, but they're not looking at their lives. They're waking up next to somebody who they're like, "Who are you?" It, it
0: just—it's fascinating to me. It's a conundrum, Mar. It's a conundrum. Such a good word. I love that word, conundrum. It's almost yeah. as—it's almost up there with neuroplasticity, just in terms <laughs> <Yes>. of <laughs> Which, you know, like so, so many things from that. Mm -hmm. Um, so you talk a lot about anger on your podcast. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to now that I've gotten to know you, it's really hard to imagine you angry just because of what you do today. Mm. And I know, like I said earlier, when I started meditating, or when somebody's like, just be still tomorrow. That's difficult Mm. for me, right? Because I'm Mm. a thinker. Mm. I I'm very creative. So when I get into that space of, you know, you can let me know what it's called, but that state where I'm relaxed, but not sleeping, I I have all these ideas that start to like fill my head. So when I'm meditating, I need to do guided meditation, because mm-hmm. that allows me to be a little bit more present and not wanting to take notes as I'm meditating. But how did you, you know, go from anger or was this even when you started doing meditation but how did you get into that
1: you dropped down into theta theta
0: that's it (laughs) so uh anger is
1: an emotion that people don't want to uh own right no I'm not angry I'm fine I'm not angry I'm just not fulfilled I'm not angry, I'm frustrated, right? Anger is almost like a bad word. And so for me, you know, I had that outer, like out-of-body experience where I was standing on the middle of the street in the hate district of San Francisco, yelling at a man outside of my car, like with my kids strapped in the car seat, right? Like that was a pivotal moment watching myself from above going, what are you doing? That was a moment of rage and like I had to get it together. Right. I had like a five-year-old in my car and I'm yelling at this human being. Who does that? Me. I I was doing that because I was suffering from the soul sickness called alcoholism. Right. I was not paying attention to the emotions that were underneath that, which is anger. And where does anger come from? Anger comes from fear. Well, what was I afraid of, right? Like I had to go through and do some deep investigation. And as a result of doing that deep investigation, I found meditation. I found this resource, this power, this ability, this, this little, this little opening that I can jump into to find answers and solution. And I don't, I don't think that people, uh, need to have that kind of moment like I did, but it sure is helpful, right? It's it, it, I mean, that was like life changing for me. I was horrified thinking about this and I still get just like, wow, that I did that, uh, it's scary. You know, it's it's a lot easier to eat donuts every day. It's a lot easier to numb out and watch Netflix and sit next to your partner, right? And just be like, okay, I'm gonna just check out here. It's then investigating, you know, the emotions of why am I not happy? You know, that is deep inventory work. Yeah. yeah. And deep. it's scary. it's scary. It's scary. And if you're not connected to a power that's greater than you, forget it. You might as well drink. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying suggesting anybody drink, but it's that is gonna be a, a very uh, tough, tough. It's gonna be tough.
0: yeah. And I, you know, I shared this with you. I think it was last month, right? when mm-hmm. I'm walking through what I'm going through right now, there's a lot of sadness, there's anger. And I'm, it's that grief, right? Those, those seven, you know, um, cycles of, or stages of grief. And before, like in December, I think I kind of hit my bottom again when it came to my food, because when I'm feeling sad, which is not an emotion I feel all that often, unless I'm in kind of that low point, but I'm, you know, fairly good at moving through that now. I will turn to food. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the last month, I'm like, Okay, who do I need to get in my corner and talk to about this, Mm -hmm. to work on this side of my recovery, because it can snowball everything else, right? I mean, when I'm sad, and I have that pint of ice cream, I don't feel good. So I'm either making a choice to move, you know, forward in my recovery or backwards in my recovery. And so I'm learning that, you know when i'm feeling that way it's like okay what am i feeling like i need to check in you know with a friend i need to call jean to come over i need a hug like there's an emotional need that's not being met and i've always been that type that's i didn't like asking for help right and that has been something that i've had to force myself to do and it's become more of a habit now as you know i do it more and more in my recovery but being able to reach out to someone and say, Hey, I'm not okay right now. Like, can we chat for a minute or, you know, work Mm -hmm. through this kind of thing. And that's why I mentioned, you know, there's days where I still feel like a newcomer because of that willingness to kind of unpack this side of my life now. Now, um, you know, I had mentioned before that, you know, we met about six months ago. And I think we talked a bit about this on your show is that I've made some, I've met some amazing people Mm -hmm. in recovery in the online space and I feel personally that for me it's enhanced my recovery like it's so cool and it's surreal sometimes to go to bed and think we've got all these amazing friends Mm -hmm. all over the world you know and I'm finally going to get to come down to your area um soon and we can actually meet in person but like I think it's so cool. And I really feel like it's enhanced and improved my recovery. Do you feel the same?
1: 100%. I am floored by the lives that I get to interact with as a result of this online space and being open enough to say I'm in recovery, right? Like not everybody's going to raise their hand. It's a heroic action to raise your hand and say, here I am i'm in recovery who wants to talk to me and those of us who have raised our hands and said i'm here i'm available i i'm like yes can you talk to me i want to talk to you i want to find out more about you and it's not that my community here in san francisco is gone not at all it's hearing you know how other people in other parts of the world are doing their recovery. You know, learning about, you know, one of the first women in Denmark. Are you kidding me? I get to hear her like what? That I would have never had that opportunity if I wasn't in the online space. It's it's so cool.
0: Yeah. And as a result of that, I get to create this summit which yes. you're a speaker at and you're yes. also sponsoring. Yes. And I'm excited for people to be able to engage in the community. So why don't we talk about that? Because it's such a cool space and it's just, it it just talk a little bit about that. The
1: connected calm life. Yeah. (laughs) The connected calm life. Uh, You know, again, when this pandemic hit, I knew it wasn't going to be like, you know, a month long thing. I knew from, uh, working at the department of emergency and and how they were handling the situation that we were going to be down for a while and jumping into the online world and recognizing that women need a place. We need a place to gather. And because I'm so passionate about helping women explore their relationship to this spiritual element. I knew that I had to create that place in this world of the online, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's hard to explain it, but it's an, it's a necessary, uh, action to take in your recovery is to connect with that thing. But if you don't know how to, then that is what the connected calm life is all about. This member's area you know, other people are trying to figure it out. Uh, There's conversations in there, there's resources. Uh, It's, I just feel really blessed to be able to share recovery because I've been doing this for so long. And to, to share that with others that are trying to figure it out is like, I feel like I'm on point or on purpose more so than I've ever been over the past 25 years. And I think, God, this is it. But I'm having so much fun. Like I'm having so much fun now where I've always had a good time in my recovery, but now creating this space for people to come and engage and to learn about meditation, to learn about their brain, to learn about their DNA, to learn how to upregulate themselves, to live in this place of connection, that's awesome. <laughs> that's like, forget it. Because when women are turned on, right? We have the power to change the world, honestly. Yeah. When women take that opportunity to like, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna start meditating. I'm gonna try to learn how to change my brain, right? Like, I then she becomes a better mom. She becomes a better sister. She becomes an employee that's like, I'm sick of this. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to create something that's going to change how uh, kids learn. Right? Like I don't know what's going to happen in there, but I do know that when women are plugged in, they change. They change things. And that change can change the world, I believe.
0: You're so right. And speaking of change, we've yes. gone and added <gasps> yes! the Change Your Brain Masterclass. Yes. So anybody who joins the community will have mm-hmm. the option to take that, which it was so fun doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a blast. I am just really starting to dig into this whole mind science thing. And you've been nerding out on this stuff for a while. Like what, what made yeah. you? what made you want to nerd out about science?
1: Well, I think it was that point of like anger and rage and really understanding like, why, why is my default explosion or implosion? Right. Cause I was either exploding on the outside or imploding with that negative screaming at myself. You stupid idiot. Why did you do that again? My life, right. All of that internal corrosive dialogue. So when I had that moment, I thought, I need to figure out my brain. I need to stop this. And that's when I got into neuroscience. That's when I uh, graduated from the Neuroscience Academy. That's when I went into all the work that I do because it, because of that bottom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, that was like devastating. <laughs> and we do hit all these bottoms in our yes. recovery. It's oh, crazy. God. Yes. <laughs> Waiting for the next one. Let me tell you tomorrow.
1: (laughs) They just keep on coming.
0: But that's what makes this journey so interesting, you know, and I always share about this, that it doesn't seem to, I just actually recorded an episode on exactly what I'm going through and dealing with grief and how to cope with it in recovery, because we don't know what we don't know. And I've never had to look at some of this stuff that I'm looking at now, or even think about like, the journey or the outcome and not knowing what to expect so it's interesting being able to share those feelings of i i I feel this way i'm angry i'm sad i'm Mm -hmm. you know all these things but actually being able to feel them now and talk about them and not be ashamed of them and this is just part of the journey but through all of that i feel like it just continues to build that resiliency it continues to build that that you know, long-term sobriety and almost that relapse prevention. And I think the brain yes. stuff really helps with that.
1: That is 100% relapse prevention, knowing how your brain operates. <sighs> knowing that you need to fix that dopamine receptor. <laughs> just that information alone is a game changer. Yeah. Right. That knowing that uh, most people relapse right so okay great right that that can stop the the shame circle the same shame spiral relapse prevention is key to staying
0: yeah mm-hmm. i agree so i mean i could talk for hours about yeah. all this stuff i know but Unfortunately, we have to get on with our days and do all this fun, cool stuff that we get to do. Yay! So for anybody that wants to plug in to the podcast, reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Uh LaneKennedy.com or dot life.com
0: Lane, thank you so much for being <sighs> on the show. It's always so fun to chat with you. So good to be with you, Tamar. Thank you for having me. Well, that was so much fun. So I really hope that you got a lot out of that and don't forget to join the community. It's going to be an amazing, amazing community of women in recovery, connecting lots of practices in there already. Uh, The Change Your Brain Masterclass will also be included for you. So you'll get an opportunity to go through that if you haven't taken advantage of that already. And don't forget, Lane is going to be one of our speakers and is also sponsoring the first annual Rise Beyond Recovery Summit. Now, this summit has been on my heart for a while now, like I think about a year and a half when I first thought of the idea to do this summit because I really wanna help people with relapse prevention, right? I know that relapse can be a a, a part of people's recovery journey. Um, It's not part of mine, right? And I hope that it never has to be but it is. And so I really want to spread some hope um, to people in recovery that they can create that long-term sobriety, that they don't have to relapse, right? And there's certain ways that I have managed to conduct my life so far. And trust me, I've learned some painful lessons along the way, but The result was not me picking up that drink or that drug anymore. Instead, I leaned in harder to my faith. I leaned into my recovery. I continued to do what I was passionate about. And so this is kind of what fueled my desire to create an event that really highlighted, you know, entrepreneurs in recovery, sharing their story, you know, how they found recovery, what that journey looked like for them, because it looks different for everyone right? This is not a stereotypical, you know, to be an addict or an alcoholic, you have to be homeless. You know, the stories vary so greatly. So I want to bring more awareness to this. I want to end the stigma, right? Because I know there's a lot of people suffering in silence out there that don't need to be. And what I really want to highlight is how these people have created amazing lives right They're doing what they're passionate about they're living these purpose-driven lives and giving back And so I want to give to you right I want you to come to this event I want you to get inspired I want this to spur some ideas on how you can enhance your recovery and in- achieve long-term sobriety or if you ever already have long-term sobriety, how you can just enhance that even further and continue to just love waking up every morning, right? Because it's not easy. I mean, let's be honest, recovery can get messy sometimes, but it can be fun and it can be enhanced and it can get even better, right? The more we learn, the more we grow. So head on over to the website, www.risebeyondrecovery.ca. Tickets are free, but there's a $25 VIP, all except all access pass that you can purchase. And here's the cool part is that $15 of that $25 that you'll spend, which is what, four Starbucks coffees, maybe three, depending on what kind of coffee that you like. Um, so $15 of that pass is being donated to Touched by Addiction. Uh, and Touched by Addiction helps people get into long term treatment. And so that's something that's I'm very passionate about. You know, I want to give back because of everything that I've been through and all the gifts that I've received in recovery and I want to see more people get the help that they need. So if you join the VIP lounge, you're going to get bonuses, free bonuses from each of the speakers. So that's 25 bonuses, which I can't even begin to tell you the value of that. Probably over $4,000 kind of what I calculated. Uh, You're going to get the Change Your Brain Masterclass as well included in that, which is pretty cool. And you're going to have lifetime access to all the speakers. So head on over to www.risebeyondrecovery.ca and join us. It's happening April 4th through the 8th, I believe it is. It's Monday to Friday. Uh, You can look up the dates. It's the first, first week of April and I'm really excited. So hopefully see you there and share this out. Like, put it on social media. You're going to see me start to post the stuff too. So share it out if you know somebody in recovery that needs to hear stories from these amazing speakers. And you know, maybe in the future, you want to be a speaker. I'd love to hear from you because it's going to be an annual thing. And I'm hoping that next year we can do this live, uh, which would be pretty cool. But um, head on over to the website, get your ticket now, be a VIP, and you're going to get so many extra cool things. I'll see you on the next episode. I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague. Be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchedbyaddiction.org dot com.